0: Welcome back to 1874, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. Now, we're here for the post-match reaction. Greg, joining me as usual, you've just got back from Villa Park. Good experience, weird experience, I'm going to imagine. Obviously, I wasn't there, not not got the correct permissions to get into Villa Park tonight, but you did. <laughs> First of all, talk to us a little bit about the the setup. Yeah, looking at me, it's
1: football in its most hollow form, isn't it? With, with no fans in there, it's a, li- it a little bit strange. Um, not not quite as weird as um, it might have felt for other people that haven't been in Villa Park when it's been empty and, and, and have watched a football game. I've I've been in that stadium where it's been where the, you know there's only been a handful of people in there um, sure. as supporters when 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 the under 23s have played. So the whole. The whole um, no fans inside the game inside the ground when a game was going on wasn't totally as alien as I as I might as I thought. But the, the strangest part, actually, I thought, was when they had a one minute silence before the kick off. Now, any football fan that goes to a game and um, and listens to the one minute silence. There's always that massive roar from the fans yeah. the second the the um, the one minute silence is ended. And it was just a really eerie, quiet sound when the ref blew his whistle to, to mark the to mark the end of the one minute. And that was the, probably the strangest part of the game um, and the whole experience for me. I, I, we, we knew sort of the protocols that we, we would have to wash our hands, stay two or three metres away from each other. Uh, there wouldn't be many people around and, and that we'd hear some sort of different sounds and strange sounds that we don't usually hear at games before. But other than that, I suppose it was 90 minutes of football, two teams going for each other and it was pretty normal <laughs> in terms of everything else.
0: I've got to say, from my point of view, as someone that sits in the whole end every home game and has done since he was, he was seven years old i found it really strange sitting at home watching us play at villa park i found i found it almost yeah. uncomfortable just because for the majority of my life when we've been at home i have been there with my dad and tonight was just a surreal thing for me sitting at home and, and watching it it was just so so bizarre now before the game you, uh, you did a build-up with some of your written pieces. I got the impression from your written piece, you were quite excited, Greg, and probably a good time to mention you can sign up to The Athletic today and you get a 40% off discount just by visiting the athletic.com villa pod. So you can read that piece by Greg as well. But you were quite excited about football coming back, Greg. It was probably the most excited, I think, in a written piece I've ever read from you. What did you think of the performance on the back of how excited you came across?
1: Yeah, I was really excited building up to it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd listened to, listen to the players speaking and listened to Dean Smith speaking. I, I, I joined him the hype with the supporters and, you know, I was really, really looking forward to it. Um, I have to admit now, just a couple of hours after the game, I feel a bit flat. I feel like I okay. was underwhelmed a little bit by the by that by the whole match day action and experience i mean i knew it was always going to be different um i think there were some positives to take from for villa i think they were definitely the better team um sure. dean smith came across really enthused um by the performance after the game so clearly what he's seen um w- pleased him and and clearly some of the things they've been working on over these past 14 weeks came off. I could tell by the tone of his voice and and the facial expressions, he he was very pleased with the performance. Um, But for me, I just think that was the worst Sheffield United probably performance I've I've seen from them this season. I thought they were really poor. I thought that given that they were that poor, that Villa didn't manage to score against them was really disappointing. I feel that it's a big, big chance missed. Um, and I think, I know this sounds wrong because the goal that should have stood what didn't actually stand. but. If, if Hawkeye was working as it should have been working, then again, we're talking probably about another Villa defeat, another individual mistake and the same patterns from earlier in the season have emerged. The only positive really I can take from it is that they kept a clean sheet, they defended a little bit better and they are a point closer to safety. But I just fear for them with the games ahead because I, I don't think they will get an easier game than they had tonight.
0: So this is unusual for people that listen to us every week because... I think we have similar outlooks on football, to be fair, and I think we usually come away from games with similar opinions, whereas on this occasion, I've come away a lot, a lot more positive th- than you. I, I kind of feel like, as always, I can see what you're getting at and, and what you're saying, but I thought for the first hour, Villa were really good. I thought Keenan Davis really unsettled that the Sheffield United back three. They look quite ruffled, and I know you can turn around to me and say, well, look, yeah, that happened, but, but we didn't score. As a start of a base as well, I thought we looked a lot more solid and that there was something to build on and there's still a quarter of the season left to look at it now. I mean, I was asked before the game whether I, whether I thought tonight, tonight was must win and I've got to admit, I didn't. I thought it's first game back. Let's just see what happens. I now think going into Sunday, that's must win, sorry, against Chelsea. But that's how I think I can take positives from from tonight to take into Sunday. Oh, I could, don't get me wrong, I can certainly take positives. I think
1: that that performance, when you look at that performance and the result and the outcome, compared to the last time Villa played and they lost 4-0 to Leicester and didn't really have a clue or have an idea, Um that the performances are, are worlds apart, so in that respect, it's a bonus and and it's um and it's a positive, um and and I think as I said just you know the way that the way that Dean Smith was after the game, I think that he thinks that team um, believe in themselves a lot more now and, he, and that that team believes that they can go and um, stay up this season and, and look when you look at the league they are only one point behind um, survival now and it's, it's just it's going to be so close um, I just think that the, the, a Chelsea team would see off that team um, okay we'll, we'll have to wait and see of course but uh, I, I just fear that where, where are the goals going to come from yeah yeah, yeah. If, if, in, if, have had quite a lot of opportunities today and and, I, and i've been keenan davis biggest fan since he burst onto the scene in 2015. um you know there isn't a youngster or a, an academy graduate that i've hyped up and built up more than than keenan davis and to see him again tonight I'm. let's be honest And and let's not forget this, it was his first Premier League start and he's had a really good game. And uh, Dean Smith was asked after the game, do you think that Keenan will be a bit disappointed because he didn't score? And and Smith's reply was, well, no, I think he'll be really buoyed by his performance uh, and we'll take that into the next game. The the, the criticism of Davis, if there is one, is that he doesn't score enough goals. And every time I write a story on him, um, I wrote one before Christmas just just explaining his, his incredible rise really and just for just for supporters to sort of bide the time with him and remember that he's still very young but the criticism up back is always well he gets so many chances but he doesn't score the goals um, the, I suppose the one frustrating thing today from Villa was that they had a lot of headed opportunities and there was yeah, Alissa yeah, they, they were dangerous from set pieces. I thought there was they were positive and pleasing from set pieces, but um, Ali Samata would have been sitting on the bench thinking, oh, if only I had those chances, because he's absolutely fantastic with his head uh, and I'm sure he would have scored. But there are things to build on. I just feel like it was more of a missed opportunity because if you look back at the start of this season, when Villa were fresh and fired up and fit like they are now, they were playing well and didn't get the results. I really hope it just doesn't end up that way in these remaining nine games.
0: Pardon the pun, but obviously Villa have had a, a close shave there, so I'm, I'm obliged to to bring in our sponsors at, at this point. Harry's now I have got sent a kit. The other day, Greg, it's from Harry's. It's a really, really smart bit of kit. I mean, I'm not much of a, much of a like, wet shaver usually, to be fair, but I'm definitely going to have a tryout of this Harry's stuff because it, it looks really good. I don't know whether you've, you've seen it yourself or not, but if you haven't, you should, you should get yourself a, a trial set sent through like, like I have. You've got yourself a trial set? Well, where's mine? I haven't got mine. Well, have you, you got repli- a freebie? Yeah, yeah, if you reply to the, uh, the Athletic ups emails, Greg, you'll get, you'll get sent, <laughs> sent a freebie because that's all <laughs> I did. I must have missed the email. email. (laughs) My granddad's been banging on about one of these for a while, so I do actually need to get him one there you go you can you can get in that if you reply to your emails mate so yeah as a, as a listener of this podcast you can start shaving with harry's today as well by claiming your free trial set that greg evans himself hasn't yet done it's £3.95 and you can support our podcast and get your set delivered to you including a razor handle five blade cartridge foaming shave gel and travel blade cover all you got to do is go to harrys.com slash villa right now you can go and do that that's harrys.com villa pod and yeah that's the, that's the ad it out I'll come on to team selection in a minute, but you've mentioned the Chelsea game. And do you not think that because we've now got that game's head start, we've now played a competitive game and, and Chelsea haven't, because of the weird situation of football and, and the way it is, do you not think there's a chance to catch Chelsea cold on Sunday just by the fact that we've got that extra 90 minutes of competitive football in the tank? Yeah, that, that's a really, really good point, Dan. I
1: hadn't thought of that, to be honest. Um, I'll probably have to look at, before answering that, Sort of honestly, I'd like to watch the other games that come out, that come ahead in the next few days and see sort of how other teams react. Yeah, um, because I was watching these two teams, Villa and Sheffield United, towards the end, and there were a lot of sloppy passes, and and and, and the t- they did look tired and they were fading out, and and that was understandable. We knew that was always going to be the case um, because of such a long break, and they're going to be a little bit raw and a little bit rusty. Um so, yeah, maybe Chelsea might be like that and, and it just might work in, in Villa's favour. I mean, let's hope so because, you know, both of us here want them to stay up. We, we want to be talking about Premier League club um, next season. So uh, let's hope so. But I just think with Chelsea, with their quality,
0: that, that they might be able to pick Villa off. Yeah, I must say. We need them to stay up. i got sitting there tonight. I've forgotten how nervous I get at games. and all Being at home is almost worse because at Villa Park, for some reason, even though I know I can't affect it, you feel like you can affect it a little bit just by, yeah. by chanting and singing and shouting. You feel helpless at home. I felt a little bit lost, as I said earlier. But the team selection, I've been badgering you all day to see if you knew anything about the team selection. Now, I think if we'd have had to guess what the team was, I don't think either of us would have come up with that. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, look, we knew that sort of Engels and
1: Gilbert had been struggling with injuries, but we didn't know how serious they were and whether they would be featuring or not. So uh, it wasn't a surprise for me to see Cunza playing. Um, I tweeted out a story uh late end of last week just explaining about Konza's um quite, quite difficult upbringing really you can read that yeah. on the athletic at the moment uh so so I'd, i had a, an inkling that he would play i thought he did okay at right back at, at times he was trying to get forward um almost like a right winger in, in those in those opening sort of 10 15 minutes a couple of mistakes defensively but thought he did okay in general um didn't really expect Nyland to play in goal. I thought that, that Rayner would get would get the nod uh, and so. I certainly didn't expect Keenan Davies to play. Although having spoken to people um, in the last couple of hours, they said that he was fit really firing in training. So it was no surprise for those um, in and around the,
0: the club. Someone else who started who we've both criticised heavily. At times, I I believe it to be justified, obviously I wouldn't be criticising him if I didn't think it was justified, but I thought Douglas Luiz was our best player tonight. I thought he looked like he knew the position better of sitting as the deepest midfielder and I thought defensively he was always in the right place. If a defender got caught out out of position, Douglas Luiz was there mopping up and I, I thought he was really strong tonight. I thought that was a real positive for Villa. I agree I thought he was excellent um
1: I have to admit, I, I don't I didn't envisage having this conversation with you about Douglas Lewis no 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 but you know to to say that he was very calm and collected and um always there to mop up the danger and as as that sort of shield in front of the defense I I just didn't think it would ever get to that stage but you know he was great today I mean he, the, the most crucial was the the stop that he made from was it Chris Basham who was um they had a break yeah, um, yeah and it was three on three and and he just sort of he just got there in time and mopped it up he and recovered did not a corner. good
0: recovery run
1: yeah yeah I thought that was uh, that was really pleasing um, a couple of opportunities he had where he had the ball on the edge of the box and I thought he was going to shoot and he didn't I mean maybe that's just him learning as well now thinking well I haven't got to hog ta- I haven't got to hug headlines I haven't got to take all the plaudits and the credit for it um, I've got to find my teammates and think of a better option so <laughs> he's he's, a st- he's still a young man, still a young player as well. Who 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 is always going to get better with a bit of experience. Um, maybe this break has just helped him, you know, yeah, push that it forward. Like. Um, he certainly felt like that, yeah. And I thought the midfield in general did did quite well. I was one thing I picked up about Conor Harrahan, which I uh, which I didn't realise before, was how vocal he actually is on the pitch, and he he's one of these players that. Um, Give, you know, gives it a bit more than I than I thought. I, I could hear him. I couldn't quite make out what the players were saying because I was quite high up in the in the Trinity Road stand. so sure. I couldn't really hear the exact in, instructions and direction that the players were saying. But I could make out Connor's um, Irish accent quite regularly, and I thought, "No, I didn't didn't expect you to be one of the ones that was quite vocal." So that was one of the surprises from the game.
0: Yeah, he used to be captain, didn't he, of Barnsley? So I guess there's there's some leadership in there, and really, he's Villa senior pro on outfield pretty much. Yeah. I think he, he was probably our oldest outfield player today. I might be forgetting someone, but I think he's probably our oldest outfield player today. And he's, he's only 29, 30, isn't, isn't he? Connor, so yeah, had a leadership role before. But that's the interesting thing about playing behind closed doors that you're you're there and you're picking up on things like oh, I didn't pick up on that at all, sitting, watching on, on TV. We will come on to the major talking point. I almost feel embarrassed to talk about it. So, so I'm leaving it a little bit longer. Just while we're talking about who was starting and whatnot, John McGinn back. How did you think he did? Yeah, not quite his dazzling best. I think
1: that he he still needs a bit of time to um you know to get to find that top four. And I, I I personally expected it to be you know it's inevitable. He hasn't kicked a. He hasn't played a professional um, proper game for the last six months. So yeah. to expect him to come back and sort of be you know fit and firing and as good as we know he could be, it was always going to be a tough ask. Um, I watched him quite closely actually because I was I was really intrigued to see how he got on. And there were times where he was charging from one defender to the other defender to the other midfielder. And clearly those short sprints that um, Villa would have been working on ha- have helped him. And you know you could see that he's, he's got it in his legs. But... Just didn't get on the ball as often as um, as often he previously had. He had the one chance, brilliant save from, from Dean Henderson. But other than that, I think it definitely more to come for him from him, which is a good thing because um, if Villa played like they did today and McGinn wasn't quite at his best, it just shows signs that there's still some room for improvement.
0: Yeah, that's a relatively encouraging point, isn't it? Because the other thing I'd say about McGinn is he played 75 minutes. I wouldn't say he looked any less fit than anyone else that, that was out there. So I think that's a good thing. And also, he's obviously not not at his peak at the moment, having had such a long layoff. I thought Jack was relatively quiet. He didn't get on the ball as much as you'd have perhaps expected. I'm not saying he played badly for, for one second at all, but do you know what I mean? Whereas, I think down the wings today, yeah. we, we didn't get much joy. Down the wings, he was pretty quiet down, down the right-hand side, and Jack just didn't seem to be able to get on the ball as much as, as he usually does.
1: No, um, wrote a piece about Jack and and, and his future um, in in the Athletic now, um, which, which you'll be able to view now. So um, picked out a couple of things from from the game. He, he wasn't quite at his best, also as as well as McGin. But I think all the real top moments that Villa had, they were all through him. There was a, obviously that. A fantastic defence splitting ball that, that put Al Ghazi through and Davis nearly got on the end of his cross. Yeah, um, Gaza moment. Yeah, yeah. And there are a couple of those couple of those times where you feel that Villa are gonna lose the ball in, in a dangerous tight area and Grealish just gets on it in his own half, close to his box and he'll just pull out a nice little silky skill. Um go past his man and then and then find an opponent, I, I think that's brilliant the way he does that, he's so, so good to watch and the piece that I've, I've written um, for today is just that I think Villa fans are going to have to start savouring some of these moments because the, uh, the word that I'm getting is that he's more likely to leave um, at the end of the season than stay but you can fully read all of that uh, in, in detail um, at, at, at The Athletic. So we'll, we'll focus on the game rather than his future for now.
0: Well, well you've really sold that to me, Greg. I can't, can't wait to read that <laughs> tomorrow. That sounds, that sounds like a crack, cracking read, talking about one of our favourites on his way out. I'll, I'll look forward to that now. Let's move on to the, the major talking point, the, the Hawkeye disaster. I'm just going to gonna read the Hawkeye statement in my best BBC grandstand voice. During the first half of Aston Villa vs Sheffield United at Villa Park, there was a goal line incident where the ball was carried over the line by the Aston Villa goalkeeper, Erja neeland The match officials did not receive a signal to the watch nor earpiece as per the goal decision system protocol. Seven cameras located in the stands around the goal area were significantly I can't even say this word, occluded by the goalkeeper, defender and goalpost. This level of occlusion has never been seen before in over 9,000 matches that the Hawkeye goal line technology system has seen. The system was tested and proved functional prior to the start of the match as required by the IFAB laws of the game and confirmed as working by the match officials. The system has remained functional throughout. Hawkeye basically then goes on to apologise to absolutely every man and his dog for the mistake. Now, it was a mad incident. I don't, I don't know from you at the ground whether you could see straight away that it was in, but from my point of view, I've been championing earlier in Nealand, and then he, you could see straight away as that free kick was coming in that he was struggling to deal with it and that something obscure was going to happen. And Keenan Davis has chest bumped him over the line, and Villa have absolutely, I mean, it's about time to be fair, but we've absolutely got away with one.
1: Oh, massively. Yeah. You know, Dean Smith said after the game, when he he was asked about it, you know, the fact that 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 statement says that seven camera angles um, haven't been able to spot it. And he said, well, we've been working very hard on on positioning our defenders in the right spot. Um, So I thought thought that was quite a funny reply from him. But look, he knows that it's gone in their favour today. But there's so many other times where it's gone against them. So sometimes, you know, what goes around comes around, and this is one that Villa will have to take and, and you know and enjoy almost because um, they don't happen too often for, for Villa, it seems. With Neyland him, himself, I actually think that yeah, he he had made an error and he was scrambling to sort of keep it out. But I actually think he would have kept it out if Keenan and Davies wasn't there. I think, think? Davies has... Yeah yeah but I'm, I'm not I'm not 100% sure but I just I I think that yeah I think the ball had come over from Oliver Norwood's free kick he misjudged it He got the ball in his hands, but was sort of stumbling back towards goal. But I think he was just about to readjust himself and keep the ball over the line. I think even if he had fell back into the goal, which he was doing, he'd have kept the ball with his hands over the line. But because of because of Davies' presence, Davies just simply being there, and obviously it doesn't help the fact that he's such a strong, you know, as strong as an ox. Anyway, it it just knocks him (laughs) over the line, and there's no way of recovering it. So, yeah I mean I was from where I was sitting, I just thought hundred percent that's in the goal For one, I could see the net rippling from where uh from where Nyland's body or legs had, had connected with it um and and it was just so obvious and i I was so far away and then when when the goal uh, when the referee just sort of looked at his watch and then just played on, I just thought what on earth has happened? That, that was a goal. Um, and then looking at the replays when I got home, just confirmed that. So yeah, Villa got away with one, but let's 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 take it because it's, it's where they get them.
0: Yeah, I was, my initial reaction was, oh dear, they for, they've forgotten to turn Hawkeye on. Because I thought there's, there's no other way around this because it just looked so obvious. I knew it was in straight away. I mean, the Sheffield United players were running up to the ref and I know players will tend to do that kind of thing anyway, but they were obviously adamant that it had gone in and that they were absolutely correct. I mean, I'm talking about all this with a massive smile on my face, but if that had happened to <laughs> Villa, I'd be absolutely fuming. I'd be, I'd be furious and I have been furious with various decisions through the season so far, as, as you mentioned, but it is nice to be on the, on, the wrong end, on the right end of one for once, but it's just a, an amazing thing, especially for it to happen on the first game back when the O's of the world are, are on the Premier League for such a, a massive error to happen on that first game back. It's quite a big deal, isn't it? yeah it's crazy isn't it look 42
1: minutes it took for a uh, normal service to re- be resumed but that's football and we
0: just got to move on and, and look forward to the chelsea game now so yeah nil nil tonight greg obviously we're reacting pretty much straight after uh, for, the full time whistle to talk about this as as you've got home one of the one of the lucky ones there just quickly talk about the chelsea game obviously we'll we'll do the same thing after the chelsea game as well we'll we'll react as closely as we can must win It is, isn't it really
1: yeah, I think so Dan. I, I feel like I've been quite negative on this podcast. So I just feel that I just feel that that, it, that was a missed opportunity for them against Sheffield United. Um I mean look, if, if Villa got in beat Chelsea then who cares? It'll be four points out of two games and I think that's a really really good return. I just I just think it would be I think it'd be quite difficult. I don't I don't know whether whether he should make any changes or not, whether Samata should start instead of Davis or um, you know, maybe the fact could try and get two of them up there at some point. I don't know. I think the fact that they've got five subs available, maybe I'd stick with still what they started with this week and, and, and see uh, see if that works. But yeah, a big game. Let's hope that some of the other results go for Villa in the meantime. Um and then look forward to speaking to you again on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and obviously you'll be you'll be at the ground, so we'll be watching the game again from completely different perspectives. Which does make it quite, quite interesting actually. Having to, it's rare that there'll be a podcast with someone that was actually at the game. So yeah, the, the differing uh, points of view. Hopefully, it's an interesting listen for everyone. And just thanks to everyone for, for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We weren't talking about a Villa defeat, which was something we were doing quite a lot before the, the COVID break. So that's a positive. So hopefully that's cheered you up a little bit, Greg. One thing left to say: up the Villa. <laughs>